It's time for the one and only The African Next Door A podcast where we discuss the challenges and experiences of life and how to overcome them And I'm your host, Patrick Onek Remember to follow me on Facebook and Instagram for up-to-date content And without further ado, let's kick off this episode Hey, 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 new faces, hey, 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 the refugee camp yes that's right this is the place for people that are fleeing war from their own countries now in order to survive this place there's a few things you need to follow so I'll tell you what they are okay rule number one always always stick with your own kind do not go wandering do not stray away too far or else you might die rule number two when nighttime comes make sure you stay home don't go out on the street don't go wandering to the other villages. Just stay at home or else you might die. Rule number three. In order to survive here, you need to be able to get a job or open a business of some sort. This market is a great place to sell things. Sell some stuff, make some money, and you'll be able to provide for yourself and your family. And in order to get out of here, you need to make sure you know someone that's overseas that will be able to sponsor you to be able to go and start a process of immigrating to that country. Now, one more thing. Not many people make it out of here alive, so I wish you good luck. I hope you enjoyed that little intro clip, um, but don't worry, definitely didn't happen like that. Um, but I just, you know, because I'm a very creative person, I sort of imagine it, that's how it went down. Um, so, of course, um, I hope that's an introduction to uh, which introduces us to the topic that we'll be talking about today. And today I wanted to really talk about um, the refugee camp itself. Um, I wanted to sort of discuss a few things that I sort of learned from there and sort of my experiences and I guess what I can sort of pass on to, you know, anyone out there and all you listeners, some that, you know, practically you guys can sort of use in your own lives. Um, so the first one is sort of the physical description of the place. So the place, it was a pretty dry place. Um, so I sort of look at it more like a desert. There wasn't really a lot going on um, in terms of, you know, um, especially the area we lived in, there definitely wasn't a lot of trees and plants. But I know when you go further out into the you know unknown, there is definitely a lot of trees and forests set up like there. But there wasn't a lot of that where um, we lived. And um, the place, it looked like a place that, you know, that the rain probably comes to maybe once a year. And I think it was, yeah, it was about roughly once to twice a year um, that it would rain. The houses, you know, yeah, you know, as you all heard probably the story before, yeah, most houses in this refugee camp are made of mud bricks. And that is probably because not a lot of people there aren't really rich to be able to afford some good houses. And if you think about it, you know, if you're a refugee, you're probably not loaded enough to be able to survive or be able to have great um, facilities to live in. So that's how the setup. There's really one main road in town, and there was this one big road, and this road. At the end of the road, there is, you can have turn right, which goes towards Somalia and Ethiopia. 
or you can turn left which goes towards Nairobi and Uganda. Well, that's what I was told anyway. I don't know how true that really is, but that was, you know, what I was told about the roads. But I was always told, you know, when you're walking home, always stick, try to stick to the main road because at least on the main road everyone can see you and nothing bad can sort of happen to you. And that was because of fear of, you know, getting killed, of course, because, you know, this is a refugee camp, so a lot of it is, you know, you're sort of living your life, you know, for survival. Um, so the shops, um, yeah, there's definitely no Aldi's or Woolworths or even Coles. There's none of those guys around. Um, and I would imagine if they were there, <laughs> means probably the place is probably in good condition. But no, they weren't around. And oh, you know, but there was a lot of uh, you know um, shop owners, little shop owners that open three by three meters shops that they sell stuff in. So nothing crazy either. It was just stuff like salt, sugar, um, tea bags. And just the typical things that people usually need in order to um, sort of survive. So there wasn't really flashy things. There was definitely no uh, lollies. Um, well, there were lollies, but not the ones we sort of see here. Um, there was cough medicine. We used to think that was lollies, so we used to have a lot of that. So I don't know why, but <laughs> it's weird. Things you don't know unless you, you know, research on it. But, um... There's a lot of that, and entertainment, um, there wasn't a TV either, um, right now you're probably, you know, listening to this on a phone or something, so you got a phone, well, we definitely didn't have that, and there was phones, but it wasn't mobile phones, like smartphones, and a lot of it wasn't the ones like we have today, which you can sort of, you know, watch games and stuff, and, you know, so I started living in this place, you know, pretty much the year I was born, so 1993, um, straight away got taken there. So I started pretty young, so back then there wasn't really a lot of technologies that could sort of help you out and stuff. And, yeah, and we also, they also had like a, um, they had a TV, a cinema. Again, kind of nothing like the cinemas here. I mean, it's one room with like 40 chairs and everyone's crammed in. No aircon. <laughs> the TV screen is the size of my computer screen, which is not even that big, so it's pretty average. And the only movies you ever watched is, um, you know, movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, St- uh, Sylvester Stallone, um, and who else? Those are, there was, um, there was all Jackie Chan, yeah, Jet Li, Bruce Lee, those kind of guys. Like we, we know all of them. We knew about all of them before we even came to the Western world, or before I even came to the Western world. I knew about all of them. So there was a lot of movies about them, and there was a lot of um, war movies as well. A lot of that sort of stuff, you know. But in terms of entertainment, there wasn't really a lot to do, you know. You sort of just spend most of your time, you know, either outside with the guys playing um, board games, laughing, telling jokes, talking was one of the main things. Um, I'm sure you've met a lot of Africans that love to talk um, because a lot of it is, you know, we didn't really have a lot of quiet sitting around doing nothing moments because there was really there was so much nothing to do that we had to rely on each other to keep ourselves entertained. Um, as kids, some of the entertainments that we did was we would go um, gather up together and go for a walk, on discovery walks, walk across villages, across towns, you know, from morning and then come back before sunset. And that was, you know, because you, know, you want to be safe, obviously. But, you know, we used to visit different groups of people, walk through different villages, and talk to people, go visit our cousins, families. A lot of it was visiting uh, relatives and stuff because well there's not really much to do so you spend a lot of your time doing that sort of stuff which was really good um, so 
so that's just basically what the refugee camp was like. There wasn't a lot of crazy things. It wasn't really flash or anything. And I keep telling people, I definitely wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy. It's a place which is, you know, I feel like it's a place where dreams do die. Um, there wasn't really a lot of crazy things happening there. So now, when you get there, or when we got there, there was there was some pretty, pretty clear rules in terms of survival. You know, rules that you need to know. And you know, as you know, for the video from the beginning, you know, the little clip, sorry, that I sort of played at the beginning, and you sort of you know heard them already. And one of the main ones is that you know you got to stick with your own people. Now, this is a rule that um, I'm sure a lot of people would understand, it, and it comes down to basic survival. That you know, you want to stick with people that you know. So if you're in a certain tribe, you stick with that tribe, you know, you live in the area that they live in, or else if you're in the other tribe, there'll be a lot of discrimination, maybe even tribalism, and you might even get killed. So we stuck with a lot of, you know, our own groups, our own people, as this was a way, way of safety and a way of survival. Um, so that was one of the main sort of rules there. Um, and you can see this even happen, happening, if you live in, you know, Queensland, for example, Brisbane, I'm sure you've seen a lot of Africans stick in one groups, whether it's Maruka, Inala, Red Bank Plains, or Logan area. Um, we just like to stick with one another because we like to stick with, sim you know, we, like, um, we stick with people that will accept us, basically. And, you know, generally, uh, we find that, you know, when you're from Africa, people from Africa will accept you. And that was sort of the way we did it. So that was a lot of that going on. Um, and even there, yeah, like it was pretty clear that, you know, each area is for certain groups of people and a lot of them will occupy that area and stick with one another all the time. So you'll rarely see a random person from different tribes sticking with another group. It's very rare and I mean this rare. I've never really seen it uh, back there, not even once, but it's pretty rare. Um, so if you find, you know, um, you see Africans living in your community, uh, they're probably looking for something different, uh, if, especially if they're North African, there's only like one African family in the whole group, um, they're probably looking for something different, you know, trying to live a different experience, maybe trying to move away from all the drama that can come with living with people with the same values, uh, or people with the same sort of, from the same place as you, um, should I say. So that was one of the main rules. And another main rule, and this rule was very important, was crucial in it is that, you know, you never hang around at night. Um, and I'm sure you can understand why when I, let me, let me explain it first. So basically this refugee camp, um, there was no lights. So if you have lights in your house right now, pff, you're already way ahead. There was no lights, no lights anywhere. Um, and well, first of all, you need power, you need electricity for that. So we didn't even have electricity, so... If there's no electricity, there's no light, so when nighttime hits, there's no, um, you can't see anything, so therefore it's probably better if you stay home. And, you know, this wasn't, and, and, you know, and in life we all know this, that when there's no light, that's when bad things happen. And I don't mean this just in terms of context of what I'm talking about, but this is in metaphorically we're talking, in our lives we have no light, what happens? We just, there's a lot of darkness, a lot of bad things happen. And this same case with this place, you know, this refugee camp, um, Kakuma refugee camp, and you need to make sure that you are constantly in light to make sure that you're safe. Um, and if you're not in light, then you need to make sure you're with your people and working to and you know living together, surrounding one another. Because yeah, it's a pretty dangerous place. Because night times is when the crazy things really happen. Um, and in future episodes, I'll probably talk about a few stories of some of the crazy things that I've sort of seen um, or experienced in the night time. But all I can say is that you know night time, the minute that sun goes down, you should be on your way home getting out of there wherever you are making your way home the minute you can sense the sun's about to go down you need to be home by the sundown because if you don't oh 
trust me, um, that place, something bad, because the thing is, if something bad happens to you, no one will know, because if you go missing, there's no way to find out what happened to you, because there's no investigation, there's no police system, um, they do have guide, uh, like, you know, a refugee camp guards and stuff, but again, they're not, they're not going to investigate no crime like that, it's not worth their time, and they're not getting paid to do any of that sort of stuff, so if anything happens, you'll never know, if your kid goes missing, you'll never know, if your kid gets killed, you'll never know, so it's it's important that you know that people understand that safety is you know like this is a this is survival here you know this is people are here trying to survive that you know the this if you don't stick with your own people you don't listen to the rules that bad things will happen to you and you probably will never be seen or heard from ever again but that was very important um and you know um Maybe your life is in a crazy place right now, but don't worry, you know. At the end of the day, I keep telling people that, you know, sometimes what we're going through is only a temporary thing. It's not the end. It's only a temporary um, situation, temporary challenge, temporary issue. There's something in that moment so we can develop and grow beyond that. So that was just, you know, um, the nighttime there. And now I'm going to give you guys a little bit of rundown on the typical um, day, what that sort of looks like. Um, so for me anyway, for me the typical day was, you uh, you know, I woke up um, and I went out and I got myself some, you know, some, put the kettle on to get some tea ready for the family. Um, and well, that was done by me, that was done mainly by my sister at the time. Because yeah, one thing I noticed a lot is that, you know, in this, um, especially a lot of the cultures that were in the refugee camp, a lot of the women did a lot of the work, um, while the men mainly either... Um, work for finance or sit around and just drink all day but you know that's another issue for another day uh, we'll discuss that in the future podcast as well and look more into it but anyways with the stories so you know um, we will um, we will wait there the tea will be made and the tea will basically just be tea tea bag um, if there's no tea bag then you burn sugar and then you put salt uh, sugar with that to mix it in and then that was pretty much what we you know drank and then we had bread with it if we had bread if we didn't have bread then we just drank like that and then sometimes we, every now and then we'll have porridge and instead of the tea um and but sometimes with porridge there's no sugar so you'll have porridge with salt and if you if you haven't if you have a porridge with salt yet i try attempt like, i dare you to try it once just to see and trust me you'll never want to drink that ever again especially if you've had one with a lot of sugar in it um so that was sort of just a typical um you know refugee camp lifestyle um you know like i keep saying it's not flash it's nothing flash but you know this was this was what we had to work with and this is what a lot of people have to work with um and you know if you're fleeing your country the option is either you're dead you either stay there and die or you live a garbage life in this garbage place and try to make, make it out alive and that was the option so there wasn't really a lot of options um there wasn't a lot of choices you just sort of just got to do what you got to do to survive and that was a lot of him so when it came to you know eating um for lunch you know that's usually um so what happens is the un actually gives um groups of people cards uh, family members and basically what you have to do you have to go to their food supply facility and you show them their card which you know shows them how many people you have in your family and they give you oil um, they give you some flour and they give you other little things such as sugar and salt and that would be the thing um, and usually some uh, lentils actually and that's sort of what you take to survive with you 
um, and then you, you you know you go and you know use those things resources usually can go for two weeks or a month that you have to use these things um, and you know a lot of it is you know they're just basic things and not a lot of nutrition there as you can see um, and I'm sure you've met someone from a refugee camp before and a lot of it is that a lot of people don't really eat well because they're not getting all the nutrition that they need but again it's life or death so you're either dead or you live uh, you have a malnutrition lifestyle, so you don't really have a lot of choices. But some people became really clever there. Some people started growing their own plants and stuff, which was really good. Um, there's people with mango trees, apple... T- I don't think I've seen apple tree, but I've seen mango. Um, but a lot of people have been creative like that. But a lot of it is, you know, you can... You, sometimes I... I would even say that, you know, a lot of people don't even get a lot of the nutrients they need, the, the daily intakes to sort of live it, to, you know, have a good functioning body. And I think that's why a lot of people there would get sick, illnesses and stuff. And then from, and then, yeah, sicknesses there, it's pretty terrible because the hospitals aren't flush either. They're literally just, uh, you know, basically built places where you go in there and, you know, you have to, sometimes you have to pay for medicine, some you don't have the money, so it's, just creates a lot of issues, you know, a lot of issues that you don't want to deal with. But again, you always got to think it's either dead or this. So you're either dead in the war or you deal with this. And, you know, a lot of it comes down to survival. So you got to do what works, what is the best survival for you. You know, what can you do that can sort of keep you in a, you know, survival uh, mode. So, yeah, a lot of it was like that. And we sort of endured that for a while. Um, and you know when lunchtime comes we'll eat after we finish eating then you sort of just um, try to find things that are fun to do um, there wasn't a lot of fun things um, for I know for me for example as a kid a lot of what we did was wandering around discovery of different villages and stuff that was our fun um, and then we'll come home eat lunch and then go back again and in the afternoons or should I say evenings we'll go play football um, and that was alright that wasn't too bad um, but again sometimes it's just not there's a lot of limited opportunities of what you can do and it's 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 really a lot of options or variety of things you can really do and yeah so that was pretty much a lot of the things that we had to deal with um i had to deal with um but you know but i always you know there's one thing i always say you know um you know um challenging environments um like such as the refugee camp really did build my character um, I did get stronger in a lot of ways, and I'll, I'll talk about it. You will hear a lot in you know some of the stories and episodes that I talk about, and that a lot of my great you know some of the traits that I have actually came from seeing some of these suffering and and seeing that you know that sometimes in life you know life's not fair, and we all know that life probably hasn't been fair to us at some point. But just because life isn't fair for us doesn't mean we just give up. You know, sometimes you have to endure some terrible things in order to actually go and become greater you know you have to grow in order to grow you need to endure some things and a lot of these things you know in the refugee camp there was a lot of moments where i actually discovered some cool things about myself because of this challenging environment i'll give you a quick example of a story and there was a moment where you know uh, like i said earlier you know there's no electricity here so there's a lot not a lot of power there's no power so you couldn't really have light so one of the things that we did was um we actually ended up, um, you know, I ended up building us an electrical light circuit, and that was built based on stuff that I found in the tip. Um, you know, I found some light, some torch bulb, broken torch with a light bulb. I found a couple of batteries, and actually created an entire 
a light system using those batteries in my compound, and every night I'll turn them on so people can see where they're going. Now, I was about the age of six when I dis- when I discovered this. I was created this. Um, you know, that's not that old. That's pretty young. So I was I was pretty like I loved electricity, and I still do to this day. I love technology. Back then, you know, there wasn't much you could do, but stuff like that really was sort of really helpful and really helped me discover a lot of things that I actually loved. And not only that, um, I created a light bulb and also ended up creating a shadow puppet show, a theater, a mini theater that I used to play for people. And people would come from, you know, the village and come watch, or should I say town, and come watch us, you know, watch a lot of the performance. A lot of it was kung fu movies because I was obsessed with fight, uh, kung fu movies, especially Jackie Chan. And I played a lot of, made a lot of shadow puppet shows um, based on his character and stuff. It was so nice. It was fantastic. And a lot of other skills that I've learned was, you know, I learned how to, you know, I learned how to, you know, sell some business skills. I've learned a lot from here because I used to create candles and sell them because I needed to survive, you know. When it comes to survival, you don't really care about what skills you got as long as it can make you money and get you to the next day. That's all that matters. And, you know, I um, also learned how to need beanies. You know, you need beanies. You, someone will come here and need a beanie. You'll need someone and they'll pay you money. And it takes a long time, but yeah, you know, I had to learn how to knit. Like right now, I know how to knit. I still remember the skills because, I don't know, it's in my fingers. But a lot of it was just for survival. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do to survive. You know, sometimes we go through tough things, especially in the Western world. I find a lot of the issues we go through here, it's more of stuff to do with a lot of with social aspects, like mental things. And I always tell people, you know, at the end of the day, this isn't the end for you. Just because you're going through depression, anxiety, it's, it's not the end. And, you know, you shouldn't identify yourself as dep- as a d- depression or anxiety, you know. You, there was moments in your life when you weren't that, so why are you that now? You know, these are just temporary challenges that you're going through at the moment, that at the end of this, that you will make it, that you will achieve great things, that, you know, pain isn't here forever. You know, pain, there's painful moments, and there's lovely moments where you wish, you know, that days where you're like, you know, you're thankful that you went through those things, because now you actually can live a greater life. And a lot of it is that we shouldn't just give up just because things get tough. We should keep keep fighting, keep fighting on because, you know what? Just because it's a tough environment right now doesn't mean this is the environment we're going to spend our life forever. And that is all we have time for. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The African Next Door. Do not forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. This has been The African Next Door. Patrick out. Eh, 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 eh. Woo!